Welcome to Scrolling, a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. This is episode number 50. I wonder if she plays ESO. <laughs> Speaking of ESO... No. There it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, so na- it was so smooth, natural. Right? It was so natural. Have you got on PTS? I have not gotten on PTS, but I, I there's two or three times that I almost logged on. And then I decided I wasn't going to do it because I wanted to be. You want to be I'm, fresh. I'm, yeah, I want to. I want to. My first time in the zone and seeing it, I want it to be live. Like I want to keep that mystery alive. I always just kind of barely. I, I like to log in and just run around for a while and just kind of get a sense of what the zone looks like. But of course, I don't accept any quests or I don't sure. really even go into any delves or anything like that. I did do a. An oblivion portal, um, but I didn't finish it though. I just, uh, I just like ran around in there for a few minutes and then poured it out because I had, I had some other like testing business I was up to. But I was just like running around and I saw one. I was like, ooh, may as well just jump in there, see what's up. So, are they like a solo situation, or do you go in there with other players? That I'm actually not sure because there's not there wasn't anyone else around, uh, hmm. so it was just me uh, in that one. But um, I actually don't know about that. It's a good question. I think I've been assuming... Well, you know, it is labeled Public Dungeon. I remember uh, seeing at the bottom of the screen when I was porting into it, at the bottom it had that little plus player icon, Public Dungeon. It said Public Dungeon. So I I guess probably other people can go in there. I'm so intrigued by how it works. So... Because they can't... You know, they they appear, right? It's not like they're set oblivion portals right don't they appear like in certain places they appear in certain places i think they are in designated places but they just zoss doesn't put an icon on the map to show you but like players have posted their own map saying like i think probably add-ons will show you where they are show yeah kind of like the 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 harrow storms probably yeah Um, well do those have icons because like the dark acres there's actually like a built-in icon for those on the map i never know what's real icon just because the add-ons i don't know what's real icons and not real yeah that's true that's true (laughs) um i would say like if you're never if like it's your first playthrough of the game and it's like you're just doing the rpg like single player mode sort of thing like that was my first playthrough mm -hmm. uh not having those map add-ons i think is the way to go maybe get the sky shard one but otherwise Man, like you remember, kind of naturally uncovering that stuff. Is, you remember is when nice. that was like the thing to do is that you'd have a zone and you had to like check all the items in the zone. It was like all these all these little Man. items in the zone. I got to fill them in. I got to color them. That was an eternity ago. I love that, dude. I like any open world game. I know a lot of people say they get tired of those kind of games, but like a big Ubisoft style, gigantic open world game with a gajillion icons on the map. I just like... One yes. at a time. Let me start filling like, them in. <laughs> yeah, man. I I will say I'm really excited about you uh, mentioning that it's pretty big. Yeah, it's really big. I um, I so I I poured it into like the one freeway shrine that they just automatically unlock, and, and that I wanted to ride to that crafting station for the the Heartland set. Sure, so I was going to craft some of that, and um. I remember thinking, I remember riding my on my main character, fully leveled mount. I was riding, 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 and thinking like, man, I've been riding forever. Pull up the map. I'm halfway there. Wow. <laughs> halfway to my destination. Would you say it's like Morrowind big? 
you know, I didn't traverse the whole zone, so I'm not sure, but I got the sense that it was even bigger than that. Like it wow. kind of reminded me of Cyrodiil, which it, I guess it technically is Cyrodiil. That, I'm, that makes me really excited. I'm excited for a, for a big old zone. I guess it makes sense that it's big though, because it, it doesn't have like um, two parts, you know, like in, in Western Skyrim, you know, you had Black Reach and Western Skyrim. So without kind of those two areas, it's probably just all the big zone. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. Um, but anyway, it just kind of it made me think of Cyrodiil. It's really like kind of wide open plains and rolling hills, and there there's some trees and stuff. But it uh, it definitely has a Cyrodiilic kind of vibe to it, and then it okay. kind of no becomes swamp more as you kind of go further east, it becomes more like Merkmiry looking. It kind of slowly, gradually transitions into that. But I didn't go too far that way. I just kind of stopped where that uh, where that crafting station is. Um, but yeah, it, it seems enormous, though. It really does seem like truly enormous. I know you never believe me because I'm always in East March, but I do get excited with new sets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's cool. There's, uh, as far as I can tell, you know how. Um, like elsewhere and uh some other zones have uh like really cool like alternate paths and stuff you can find mm-hmm. uh and stuff like that there's not much of that here because there's no real need for it because it's all as as far as where i was going it's all just kind of wide open you can just go any direction you want anytime there's not like mountains and stuff blocking your path um gotcha. in the areas where i was i didn't go across the whole map sure. so there might be other terrains um but it seemed pretty pretty plain but i don't necessarily mean that in a bad way you know i mean maybe lore wise that's how it is uh, you know in the real world there's areas that look like that but it did seem pretty like basic pretty generic looking. yeah yeah i really want to start off with a couple of corrections and correction number one just so that we can just so our friend grizzly con can sleep shout at out night, grizzly I know, con <laughs> shout out to grizzly con for uh correcting us on a on discord we were annoying him with the last episode because we kept calling this set death dealers feet and, and apparently this word f-e-t-e it's a french word according to grizzly and it's pronounced fet right didn't isn't that right fet yeah it's it's fet this one's on me i'll take full responsibility for this one i totally googled the pronunciation and listened to it it was a british accent saying fate that sounded like feet to me which then it all we went down this <laughs> tunnel and down this road that it ends up it's, it's actually fat but it's funny how the actual pronunciation was wrong but then you were wrong in a different way yeah i couldn't even i couldn't even hear it right like I, it was double wrong double wrong, wrong on all accounts yeah uh the worst part too is that this i mean there's just because of what's happened with this, I'm always like accidentally probably going to say Death Dealer's Feet and Grizzly Khan. He's just going to be cringing every time. Yeah. I'm just going to be accidentally throwing it out there. But Death Dealer's Fet. Death Dealer's Fet. It's a French word that means a celebration or festival. There it is. So the Death Dealer is going to celebrate something. Maybe it's his birthday. Um. Another correction, this one, this one will probably take a little bit longer to talk about, but um, of course we talked about these new proc set changes with this whole um, stat scaling situation on the last episode. Um, and Davius, you said something about how 
crazy it is that proc sets will be scaling indefinitely, basically, with our stats. And I was like, no, 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 no way. Like, they're definitely going to be capped at their original <laughs> values. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, and then surely just kind of right. moved yeah. on. Uh, and I edited in a little um, correction um, once I found out, because I, I found out the truth before I posted the episode. So I edited in a little correction. But still, we kind of resumed our conversation with that being the assumption. So I feel like we kind of have to have this conversation all over again. Oh, yeah. Because um, it's really an entirely different thing. So, Davius, you were right. I was wrong. Rub it in, why don't you? <laughs> hey, so. <laughs> so far this episode, we're even. <laughs> Unless you <laughs> yeah. count the feed, fat, fate situation as two for me, then you're still up on it. <laughs> um, uh, we'll count it as one. All right. It cancels out. Um. So yeah, um, proc sets, they do in fact scale indefinitely with your, with your player stats. The more weapon damage you have, uh, the more damage the proc set's going to do, or the more max stats you have, the more healing it's going to do. Um, uh, so that makes for a very different situation. We were thinking in the last episode, like, oh man, things are going to be a lot more, like it's going to be a lot more milder environment in PVP. Uh, proc sets are probably not going to be that, uh, that powerful, but it actually looks like the opposite's going to be true. And if things stay like they are right now, it may be the absolute worst proc meta ever. Yeah, proc meta is going to have a whole new meaning. Absolutely. Uh, it might not be a situation where players are, are running like three or four proc sets. They might just be running two proc sets, but they both are dealing 20k damage. You know, So what's the yeah. difference? Really? Yeah, I do see a scenario where this could work and it makes sense, but... Very large <laughs> butt here. Uh, <laughs> large butt, got large it. Large butt, there it is. Um, <laughs> the The problem with this is there's just there's too many proc sets out there that are such massive loopholes for this, and people can take crazy advantage of them in such significant ways. There are builds out there where people, like you just said, people can throw two proc sets on and have like closer to 7,000, 7,500 weapon damage. and 8,000 even. Yeah, like 8, in CP, it's damage. pretty easy. Like, uh, and these are typical builds. Like, I think a lot of people are being like, are saying like, well, these are like really edge case weird builds where you're like really cheesing these stats to achieve those tooltips. That's a lot of the common responses you see on forums of people posting these screenshots. But like, I'm telling you, like we do pvp yeah. day after day after day these are typical builds yeah, they're very all the time. common builds uh and it's just going to be there's there's those certain proc sets out there people can take such advantage of and it's going to be uh it's crazy to say but it, it it's going to be worse than it already is and and it's already been uh a kind of an issue you know with this most recent the last patch you know we kind of got this stats buff and that made it a little bit better I think all around we, you know, we've said how great BGs have felt. And yeah, that reduced the gap between like stat builds and and proc builds for sure. Yep. It didn't close it all the way, but it helped. Yeah, but this is this is just erasing. It seems like the the bridge yeah, that was starting to be it. built there. Yeah, I would be very surprised if if everything goes live like this. You know, you never know. But I I just I have to imagine that that there's got to be some changes in, in the next couple of, uh, of notes going forward. I totally agree. Uh, I, I totally think that they will address this. Their, their stated intention is to reduce the effectiveness of proc sets. So, you know, I think maybe there were some <laughs> things that were not taken into account or maybe just 
just to kind of get the PTS spun up, they just kind of threw some numbers out there and we'll, and we'll tweak them as they go. Maybe that's been the plan all along. Week two, you never see uh, significant uh, adjustments. It's always just kind of minor bug fixes week two. Yeah. Uh, next week is when we can expect to see um, like uh, them really addressing player feedback and making changes based on that. I know a lot of people like to say that the devs never listen to feedback and this is definitely how it's going live. You see a lot of comments like that on the forums and stuff. Um, people saying like, don't hold your breath. They don't listen to feedback. This is just how it's going to be. So get ready. Uh, I don't agree with that. I, I can recount lots and lots of times that they have listened and responded to feedback. It's usually times when it's a lot of resounding feedback of a lot of people kind of saying the same stuff. Um, yeah. I think this is one of those times, you know, you go to YouTube and just search ESO PTS and you see video after video after video of people demonstrating the issues here and what the mm -hmm. concerns are. Um, it's pretty clear. I think it's pretty obvious. I think they're going to make some adjustments. Yeah. I, I mean, we and we've talked about it in previous episodes. There's been, you know, proposed massive changes. They hit, listen to the feedback and and then they make the adjustments. Some of those being. You know, we are kind of easy to forget about now, but some of those they proposed, you know, whole new combat ways to do combat. And they were going to make all these changes to I don't even remember now, but I remember it was a bunch of changes to how they did heavy and light attacks and all this. And the feedback came in and they went, all right, we hear you yeah. all like, never mind. And they just dropped it. So um, I do think they they they've shown a good job here recently listening to feedback. Uh, Cyrodiil, I think right now is another good example of that with the. You know, we're coming up on almost a year's worth of testing uh, in there. So, I, I yeah, I, that's I agree all based on you. feedback. The fact that they're even making an attempt at all to address the prop meta is an example of them responding to feedback. I think, you know, sometimes it's like trying to uh, alter course on a giant ship. You know, it's hard to, it, it's hard for them to respond and address feedback in a timely manner, and they can't always do it in a way that everyone's going to be pleased with. We we've got to give them time until it goes live. There's still there's still opportunities for this thing to 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 be in a more. If next Monday form. if next Monday rolls around, it's week three and there's no acknowledgement or anything about any of this, then I'll start getting worried. Yeah, then I think we can start getting worried. But I I have to think, even if they don't intend to make any adjustments, I have to think minimum we'll get a dev comment like sure. acknowledging that. You have these concerns. Here's our reasoning, you know, maybe something like that. But honestly, I think there will be some number adjustments. I really do. Like the common, the common suggestions have been either like uh, raise the stat, like the required stats, the amount of stats you need to reach that uh, that original value. Mm -hmm. uh, some people are just saying just cap, just cap them, just make it so you reach the original value and then stop. Yep. Um, I've heard some people, this sounds like a, maybe a pretty good suggestion is just make battle spirit, um, uh, cut procs in half like it does healing. Oh, that's interesting. Um, that could be a solution perhaps. The one that I, that I don't know why it made sense to me, but I kind of like is that, uh, just make all proc sets based off resource stats instead of making it off weapon damage or some off health or some, you know, just... If it's a stamina set, make it based off your max stamina. If it's a magic set, make it make, based off your max magicka. Yeah, I kind of agree. Although I want, I think if it's like all one stat, I feel like people are going to be able to cheese it. Like that is another thing I've seen people suggest is maybe just like regular abilities, make it based on a combination of your stats. And that would maybe yeah. even things out because then you it's need true. to invest in a little bit of both and none of them are going to be too terribly high. Yeah, the biggest problem with one I'm talking about is your health-based proc sets. 
Um, oh, we, yeah. We have to say it. The, 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 <laughs> one of, one of uh, me and your favorite sets. <laughs> Uh, Crimson uh, Twilight. Oh boy! You, you say that jokingly because we actually neither of us have a, a set of uh, yes, uh, and, these we pieces. Re- and we refuse. <laughs> uh, well, that's. I'm glad you mentioned it because this this is actually maybe the most hilarious part of these proc set changes because people have been complaining about this proc meta for a while. The thing that they've been complaining about is that there are these builds that put all of their points into health. And then they just use all these proc sets to have all this free damage, even though they don't have any offensive stats whatsoever. And Crimson Twilight is the primary offender. That This oh, is, yeah. uh, you, you know, there's a number of those builds out there. There's a few different variations of them. Almost all of them have Crimson Twilight in there. Oh, yeah. Um, and now Crimson is scaling off of your maximum health. So, so the set that is like the go-to set for these max health proc builds that everyone's complaining so much about. Now it's incentivizing you even more to, to make that kind of build, to put all your points into health. And the more health you have, the stronger it is. Mm-hmm. I think people are posting like 12K tooltips, something like that on Crimson builds. Yeah, it's and it's a, a viable build. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like, it's not like, like I say, this isn't some like weird off-kilter cheesed out no. build. This is, you see these kinds of builds all the time. They're common. Yes, and this this set, you know, it, it's a massive heal, it's a massive AOE uh, combined with uh, the Bone Goliath Necro and that AOE damage. Yes. The massive amount of health that that Bone Goliath gives, the, I mean, that's just, it's just insane. You could, and 38,000 health, I think that's the, the metric, like that's the, the balance, you know, the average to, once you go over that, you're getting buffed. Uh-huh. Those, those high health sets are hitting that easy. I mean, easily easy. right now. It's so easy yeah. to hit if that's all you're specking into. Totally. Um, so Crimson is actually just kind of a hilarious example because I, I love that there is like this big po- big dev post talking about, all right, guys, we've heard you, the prog <laughs> meta, it sucks. We're going to get through it. We're going to address it. Uh, and then they just went and made the the... Public enemy number one, Crimson Twilight, they made it even worse in exactly the way that everyone is complaining about. It's just really funny how much of a whiff that is. Oof. But um, if you want to see kind of some details and some some examples, uh, Christopher ESO on YouTube uh, made a pretty good video. It's just titled A Proc Meta Like Never Before. It's one of his more recent videos. Uh, you can find that there. There's a bunch of other people that have made videos too. Like I said, you can just search ESO PTS uh, and you'll see uh, a lot of stuff. Um, I, I think to me it seems pretty clear that adjustments need to be made one way or yeah. the other. There's a number of ways it could go. Yeah, and I think they will be. I mean, maybe you know, maybe not, but I'm confident that some changes are, are about to be made. It's also kind of funny too that amidst all this proc scaling business, hardly a word about the Malakath nerf, the the significant <laughs> gigantic Malakath nerf. Everyone uses Malakath in PvP to be competitive. It is required. Uh, so you would think there'd be some people out there like complaining about it, uh, about this being nerfed so much. But I think everyone realizes that we're being given access to so much more damage than ever before, even without Malakath. Plus, you can still use Malakath. <laughs> this was supposed to be the front page news, and it really has just kind of just fallen off. Nobody is even mentioning it. I saw like um, one, I think I saw like one forum post and like the title was like, was Malakath nerfed too much? And it was like, no, no, <laughs> just like comment after comment, like, no, I think that feeds into this, too, is that everyone 
that wears this and, and you know we have multiple characters that wear it and and like you said if you want to if you want to do well in battlegrounds and you want to if you're in the high mmr and you even want to do anything in high mmr you've almost have to have this uh this equipped oh um, totally uh but it's you know everybody that has it knew, knew i mean i think we all knew a nerf was coming we knew it needed to be nerf we knew it was coming and so now that the nerf has come i think that nerf's not as bad as i thought it was going to be <laughs> yeah, it's still a totally usable yeah. item and it's still like if you're looking for one single item that yeah. will boost your damage more than anything else that's it's for most builds this will be that item but it's not so much damage like you are going to have to weigh it against what you what you'll be giving up like i i was considering putting it on my magplar but once i kind of would make the adjustments to that build that i would want to make as a result of that you know i'd be giving up like 9% movement speed and like 800 something max stats and her, and that that character's max stats are already pretty thin so that's a hard decision to make yeah. you know it's it's for like another 7% or so damage i think that i would be getting for, yeah. uh from malakath so I would like that damage. Seven percent is pretty good, but is it so good that I'm willing to give up that other stuff? You know, before like currently, right now on live, it's an easy decision. Yeah, I'm just stubborn and don't want to put Malakath on all my builds. But other, if I was not that way, it would it'd be the obvious thing to put on yeah. there. Yeah, I, I will say that the nerf. Uh, I, I honestly can't say if I if I feel good or bad about it. I I think it's good that it's nerfed. As somebody who has you know multiple yeah. characters that wear, I think it's good that it's nerfed. I feel I feel like its biggest challenger is this brand new one that's coming out, this Gaze of Sithis. I think, at least in a BG sense, I think that the two mythics we're going to see the most is the Gaze of Sithis helm and uh, and Malakath, and maybe Wild Hunt uh, close third. But I think we'll probably see a lot of that new um, waiting kilt that gives you all like the twenty percent um, oh, crit, crit damage. Crit damage ramps your crit damage. I think we'll see a number of night blades uh, using that thing. It's true. Um, but um, but you're right. So far, this Malakath, the Malakath band of brutality has been the thing. Like, if you want to play competitively, like get a competitive number of kills in the in the ultra sweaty pre made matches, Malakath is required. You're yeah. not going to be able to do it otherwise. Now, of course, we have builds that don't use Malakath and, you know, we can kind of form our own metrics and our own standards of success and be pleased with the performance of those builds like that. Like like my Stamina Templar, Old Betsy, she does not use Malakath. She uses uh, Wild Hunt instead. Um, and I love that build. She typically goes like yeah. eight and one, yep. you know, and I consider that a good match for her, but my stamina dragon knight that uses four proc sets and malakath goes like 30 and zero most of the time if you don't hit 30 kills i'm like hey what uh what happened and in that's, that match? yeah and my stamplar is my main the character yeah. that i play all the time and my stam dk i hardly ever play yeah uh i mean i've gone through phases where i have played her she has high mmr um but i'm not skilled with that character but it's every single time i have like some of the most kills on the on the map um, and that's not skill. That's just spamming a gap closer mostly. So, so let me ask you this: Do you think that Malkath needs to be nerfed a little bit more, or do you think it's right in the sweet spot now? I think it's pretty close to the sweet spot because, like, to me, like I was just saying about so, like I have my Magplar build, and I I posted a link to the Magplar build in the Discord like a week or so ago. And our buddy Caliban chimed in. He's like, you know, you could put Malakath on there and use like two swift pieces of jewelry and kind of have the same build, but a lot more damage. 
And I was like, yeah, but I already have Malakath on two characters. I don't want to put Malakath on every character. But it was like eating away at me after that. It's like, man, <laughs> this character. I'm like, I'm like willfully, uh, I'm willfully crippling my character by not using Malakath. Yeah. Um, but then I thought like, well, Malakath is getting nerfed. So let me just think in terms of this new uh, patch coming up. And so I started kind of weighing it against like what I'd be giving up versus what I'd be gaining. And it actually is a hard decision now. Um, so I, I do think it's probably pretty close. Uh, yeah. it's like slightly, it's like slightly better than having, a like a middle of the road, normal crit rate. Like we, like we talked about on the last episode, if you have a 50, 50 crit rate, crit damage situation, Malakath will be a little bit better than that. And I think that's what you want out of a mythic item. It should be better. Uh, the, the problem is we're just, we're just trading Malakath for, for gaze of Sithis. Kind of like what I was getting at earlier. Like right now, if you're going to play like at the elite level and get those kinds of results, Malakath is required. Uh, and now with Malakath getting nerfed and then this ridiculous gaze of Sithis helmet, uh, mythic helmet being added, this is just the new required item. If you want to be yeah. competitive in the ultra sweaty pre-maids, you know, and that's not every match. You can play in the solo queue sure. and you can run pretty much any build you want and probably have good success there if you're a good player. But I'm talking about competitively I, this helmet in its current state will be required, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you're probably right. And this is one, like, the, the proc set scaling, I think we can say, like, oh, they're, surely they're going to address that. I kind of feel, I can kind of relax about that. Like, ah, oh, they're going to they're gonna handle that. They've already stated that they want procs to be weaker than they are. So they're not going to let that go. This Gaze of Sithis helmet, I can't be so confident about that. They let Malakath go for a year. They might yeah. let this go for a year. It's it's very true. Um, I think it may, it would make a lot of sense to us if they lowered the max health it gave and lowered the armor it gave. But I'm with you. I uh, I think that I could very much see this one kind of going live and, and it just kind of being the go-to mythic item for a while, just like Malakath was. That waiting kilt, the Harpooner's waiting kilt, I think will also be very sought after for Nightblade specifically. Uh, remind me again the name of the of the mythic item gloves, stranglers. Oh, the Thracian stranglers. Thracian stranglers. You know they never. In my in my opinion, I think you agree with me on this. They never really fixed those. It was, they never got it right. They never got it right, and it almost seems like this kilt. They were just like, all right, forget the stranglers. We're just going to come out with a new one. And this kilt is kind of the what they kind of wanted the Thracian stranglers to be, as far as like a, a unique damage ramping type of of item. Yeah, it's just, it's a it's in that ballpark of ideas. I think Nightblades will have a, a tough decision though between this Sithis helmet and that because they're both would be excellent on a Nightblade and Malakath. <laughs> I mean Malakath and the helmet. That's going to be tough not to pick this. Uh, it's just going to be it's going to be tough. Well, new Malakath. I think probably most Nightblades would, would are not going to go for for the new nerfed Malakath. I think it's not going to be worth it for them now, which is which is a good thing. That's a crit class. Yeah, that's true. True. That's very true. Because I think I think that Harpooner's waiting kilt, they'll get more damage out of that than Malakath. I'm pretty sure because of their yeah, guaranteed so... crit out of cloak. That's what you got to remember. Like they can they can guarantee their crits. <laughs> we might that might we, that might be a complaint for us in a couple episodes <laughs> from now. <laughs> gankers are everywhere. Yeah. You know, gankers have made kind of a comeback. If you notice, there's a lot more yes. gankers in battlegrounds these days, uh, having good success. I very much noticed that. I've been on the on the, the receiving end of a couple of those where I'm like, wow, I <laughs> actually too. it actually happened that it, yeah. that's they pulled that's off rough. the gank. Wow, yeah. yeah, it's usually 
Back in the day, I feel like it was impossible for a Nightblade <laughs> to pull off a gank. Like I would, I would break CC and get out of it before they could finish their combo. But, but man, it doesn't take long if they can just land a heavy attack out of stealth. All, a lot of the time, that's that's all it is. That's all yep. all they need. Yep, very true. So anyway, that was um, I guess started as our corrections segment <laughs> and then just uh, morphed into a bunch of other stuff. But um. There was a PTS uh, update this week. This is week two, version 7.0.1. Just just as predicted, Dullesville, pretty (laughs) much. Not Uh, much in there. Not a lot. It's it's a bunch of random fixes, like just like audio fixes and animations and really a lot of boring stuff. Uh, Just Google search ESO PTS notes if you want to read it all yourself. I think Grizzly was excited about maybe some housing items and... A bunch of fixes with the companions. That was a that was a whole big chunk of it. A lot of companions adjustments. I'm sure many more companions adjustments to come. <laughs> yes. Um, I have not messed with the companions on PTS at all. I've read some comments of what people have said about them uh, on the forums, like from them testing them out. Seems like they're going to be kind of weak. Like you as know, far as their, their capability against uh, mobs and stuff. This was another thing I was thinking this weekend is that I think that I'm a little bit more excited about companions than you are. And I was like, well, I wonder why this is because we both, we both go through quest content, not super fast, but we kind of both go through it, get a feel for it. And then it hit me. My main quest character is Davius. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't do a whole lot of damage. So questing recently with him is then a slight bit of a struggle. So the idea of him to a little bit easier getting through the quests, I think that, uh, I think that's going to be a big reason why I might get my companion up. Just to, I wonder to make a how much easier, easier it's going to be, though, is the question. <laughs> Hopefully, like, well, I mean, we're talking quest mobs. Surely they'll be able to make a dent in those. From what I've read online, no? I wouldn't, oh. I wouldn't Yikes. be so sure. It seems like they're maybe on the level of like the those temporary companions that you can get on certain quests and stuff that like help you out during fights. Or like in the beginning, you know, like I think Lyra's Titanborn is following you around. She helps you fight a couple of things, but she doesn't do much, you know. <laughs> uh, it seems like it's maybe going to be about on that kind of level. Oh, boy. I, you're right. I'm really not excited about the companions. I mean, I'm not talking trash about it. I'm sure there's lots of people that are going to be totally stoked about it. But I don't that, – that, that's not the feature that's going to sell me on this expansion. Sure. Um, but there's lots, I mean, you know, there's lots of other things. I got to get that Sithis helm. Speaking Uh, of features that's going to sell you on this one, do we, do we want to talk about this, this set right here? Oh, wait, first I want to mention, there is one kind of combat related thing that's kind of worth mentioning. We don't even have to really discuss it, but I do want to mention, um, the Nightblade shadow image, uh, ability, the one where you, you cast, um, a little shadow image and then you can teleport back to it when you, when you cast it again. Um, the shade from this ability will now spawn directly at your location, like exactly where you're standing. Uh, and then when you teleport back to it, you're put directly at its location. So you can be uh, more precise uh, with how you use it. I think that sounds like a, a good change. Um, the dev comment, they say, these changes should add more precision to utilizing the ability while also fix- fixing issues where it could occasionally get you into areas where you did not belong. Tisk tisk. So, so as a non-Nightblade player, what what's the big change with that? Is just more accurate before you could kind of yeah, have so a little like, bit more wiggle room. Well, the way it is right now is you summon this thing and it appears next to you, not not exactly where you're standing, but next to you. Uh, and then when you teleport back to it, it can be kind of unpredictable exactly where you're going to end up 
when you teleport back because uh, mm. you're, you're standing next to the shade, not right on top of it. So this this change will be like, okay, I'm standing exactly right okay. here. So when I cast this thing, it's gonna it's gonna be standing like where my feet are, and then when I teleport back to it, I'm gonna be standing where its feet are. Yeah, that makes sense. That seems like you know I've, we've both run into some night plates that are very skilled with this ability, and it ah, seems yeah. like. It's going to reward uh, the, those really skilled players with this ability. So that does. It's make better sense. than cloak a lot of the time. Like I think if you're like trying to make room uh, on your bar for different abilities, and you're trying to think like cloak or shade, I honestly think shade a lot of the time is better than cloak because shade actually gets you out of there. You're yeah. you're like not there oh, anymore. I've, I've lost some night blades when they use this ability. You just completely lose them. You're just yeah. You know, especially in PvP areas, if they you know around a corner or up. You know, they're up in a higher area. You're just like, okay, that one, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you can fit shade and cloak on your bar, then no one can touch you. <laughs> um, really, that's the only thing, though. That's like the only somewhat interesting thing this week of PTS. Otherwise, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of just kind of fixes and stuff. Um, so I don't want to really spend any more time on that. Next week should be more interesting. I think we'll probably end up uh, having some more PTS talk uh, next week. Um, but let's turn the clock back a little bit, go back to last week and talk some more about this Heartland Conqueror set. Uh, don't really see many people talking about Heartland Conqueror, but I think that this is one of the more interesting things being added to the game, uh, this patch, maybe the, the most interesting thing, uh, just because it's not overpowered. It's not like the Sithis Helm where it's just like, this thing's insane. Yeah. Um, but it is a very good set. Maybe maybe uh, your new favorite set in the game. Currently, it's the one I'm most enamored with, for sure. Yep. Um, now, this another quick correction here. Um, Heartland Conqueror, we were, on the last episode, we were talking about using this set with the infused trait uh, on your weapon. Um, Heartland Conqueror does not affect the cooldown portion of the infused trait, just the potency. You want to so, do a reminder of, of just of the set? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heartland Conqueror. This is the set that increases the potency of your weapon uh, trait by 100%, right? It doubles uh, the, the effectiveness of your weapon trait. Um, so really, really cool. And on the last episode, we were talking about using it with the infused trait and how that would, uh, you know, increase the potency of your weapon glyph. Uh, and would also reduce the cooldown down to, we were thinking, like one second or maybe even less. Uh, but not true at all. Uh, the the cooldown stays exactly the same. Uh, it's a 50% reduction, which is what Infused gives you to begin with. Uh, but the potency, how strong that glyph is, is affected. So just a quick, another correction. There's a bunch of corrections this episode. <laughs> By the I've way, lost, if you're I've lost tally of our corrections. <laughs> yeah, just a big cor- correct episode. Uh, by the way, if you're hearing a bunch of banging noises, my my neighbor's doing like some sort of DIY project or something over there. So you might hear some construction noises from the neighbor. <laughs> I apologize. Apologize if that comes through. Um, anyway, yeah, Heartland Conqueror does not affect the cooldown portion of, a few, of Infused, just the potency. I also made a note here that, you know... The, the comparison that's kind of immediately comes to mind is you want to compare this to Torg's Pact because uh, they, they kind of do sort of similar things or they can. Um, I think to me, the the comparison there is this is going to be a lot easier to use than Torg's. Torg's, you have to proc a glyph in order for it to do anything. So you actually have to attack someone. 
Uh, whereas this set, you just have to be on the bar, yeah. uh, you know, for, for the trait that you want to be using. And this is active and it's doing what it does. Um, but they have different uses. I also want to remind people, because I just, I, I see this happen all the time and I do it myself sometimes. But remember, as we talk about this set here, because we're going to be talking a lot about traits and enchantments. And just remember that those are two different things. You know, there's your weapon has a trait and it also has an enchantment uh, and, and they're different. I just want to run down some numbers here uh, and I'll try to get through it quickly just because I don't like a lot of number talk. Uh, but I think this is kind of interesting and it'll help me sort of make a point I'm trying to make here. Um, so the sharpened trait, it gives you 3200 penetration on a two-handed weapon. And that we could say that that is roughly equivalent to the spinner uh, or Spriggan five-piece bonus, which gives you 3,400. So 3,200 versus 3,400, I'm going to say that's basically the same thing. So if you were wearing Spriggan and you had the sharpened trait, then you would have double the amount of penetration, more or less. Uh, or if you're wearing Heartland Conqueror, you also have double the amount of penetration. So it kind of disguises itself as Spriggan when you're wearing the sharpened trait. Um, we can kind of say the same thing about the defending trait. It gives you the same amount of armor, 3,200, uh, which is basically equivalent to fortified brass. The five-piece bonus gives you 3,460. Um, so if you were to combine those, where fortified brass and the defending trait, that's twice the amount. And same thing, Heartland Conqueror would give you a similar effect, right? Um, same thing with like Precise and Mother's Sorrow. Those kind of become equivalent when, when this set is in the equation. Some others, I don't necessarily have like sets to compare them to, but just some other really interesting numbers. Um, the the powered trait gives you an additional 18% uh, healing done. So that means a Heartland Conqueror is giving you a free 9% additional healing done. And there's no real five-piece set that just straight gives you 9% healing done, <laughs> unconditional stacks with anything that you can throw at it. Yep. Nern honed with this set becomes 30% increased damage done. The training trait. This is the de facto training set. The training trait goes up to 18% experience gained. Yeah. There's no other set. I don't think no, yeah. that just straight increases your tra your XP level, right? Or your XP gained. Not that I'm aware of. I know that, you know, there's scrolls and, and food. It was a food or potion that does it, but not, 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 not like this. It, you know. This is going to be, like you said, the de facto yeah. leveling set. And it's a crafted set. The stats are for both Magicka and Stamina. It only requires seven traits learned to, to craft it. So it's going to be easy. An easy set to just slap on a, a character that you're leveling up. It's going to work really well. Uh, and you're going to level up really fast. This is just such a cool set. Now, I don't know if it's bugged or if it's in intentional or what, but the decisive trait, the one that gives you ultimate, does not appear to be affected at all by Come this on. set. It's got to be. I know. <laughs> they Dave can't do that here. to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it seems, I, I feel like that's got to be unintentional because we, we crunched the numbers and that wouldn't be like an insane amount of ultimate. No. It would be good. It'd, It'd definitely be, very be good. good. But it's not, yeah. it's not just, you know, game changing. Yeah, I don't think it would be game changing at all. But anyway, that's just kind of a rundown. Oh, oh, I want to talk about Infused as well. Uh, I know we talked a lot about Infused last episode, but just some quick numbers. 
Um, so infused with a weapon damage glyph um, gives you 452 weapon damage when that glyph procs. Uh, Heartland Conqueror turns that into 556 weapon or spell damage. Torg's Pact would turn that into 655. So Torg's Pact, a little bit stronger, like 100 more weapon and spell damage you would get from that glyph. Um, which is as it should be. That's yeah. what Torg's does. Yeah, Torg's should, you know, always be used with the infused glyph, the, the or the infused trait. Yeah. But that's kind of the cool thing about this set, is it, you know, Torg's is really kind of for that fused trait, but this set... It's a multitude of sets, depending on which trait you're going to go with for your character. It's it, it can be completely different sets on different characters. That's kind of the point that I'm getting at, is you can you can sort of mix and match these different five-piece bonuses, quote-unquote five-piece bonuses, right? Like you can have uh, Spinner is the, the perfect example. You can have Spinner on the front bar and Fortified Brass on the back bar. Um, so I think the easiest way to kind of drive the point home here is uh, to let's put together a couple of uh, hypothetical builds. This has been like my favorite thing to do here lately. Let's make a <laughs> hypothetical build here. Hypothetical. So maybe I want to make a glass cannon Magicka Nightblade. And let's say I'm thinking of using uh, Spinner, five pieces Spinner, uh, five pieces War Maiden. I want to use those two sets together. Um, both of those sets are front barable. Right, meaning the the five piece bonuses both are useless on my back bar, which is my healing bar. Right, so I don't need either one of them, but I can only front bar one of them. So I'll front bar War Maiden, put a War Maiden Flame Staff on the front bar. I'll do a, a Maelstrom Resto Staff on the back bar, uh, and then I'm still stuck with with the Spinner five piece bonus on on both bars, where I, uh, it gives me penetration. Penetration is great on my offensive bar, but it doesn't do a thing on my healing bar. So it'd be nice if I could trade that for something different. So if I were to replace Spinner with Heartland Conqueror, which, by the way, the two through four piece bonuses are very similar to Spinner. Um, so you'll have almost identical stats. Uh, but then when you swap to the back bar, say you have the defending trait on your Resto staff, now it's Fortified Brass. So you're actually getting something useful mm -hmm. when you swap to your back bar and you still have that those spinner levels of penetration on your front bar. You've lost nothing and you've gained a lot of defensiveness. Um, that's one example. And then one other example I have like for a stamina build, um, say like a stamina Templar, we could do a similar thing. Say you wanted to use uh, five Spriggan, five uh, Deadly Strikes. Um, so you could front bar deadly strikes, um, and put a master bow on the back bar, replace Spriggan with Heartland Conqueror. Uh, uh, and now if you have the sharpened trait on the front bar, it's basically identical to Spriggan on the front bar. Uh, but then on the back bar, say your master bow is infused with a weapon damage glyph. And then, then the set turns into a slightly weaker Torix pact and it juices up that infused weapon damage glyph by another 30%. Uh, more than what you would have had before. And now you switch to your front bar. You have that big stack of, of weapon damage from that glyph and your master bow. Uh, and on top of that, you have your Spriggan levels of penetration uh, to go with it. So it's just better. It's just a better setup than using Spriggan. It just seems so... It's, it seems like it's going to be so easy to find a home for this set on a character. And, and really, you know, pick the character and you can find a way to make it work. Um, uh, I think, oh, yeah. I think you had said you might end up uh, having this on multiple characters just because it's going to act so differently. I'm for sure going to at least have it on one character. I might have it on multiple characters. Uh, I'm definitely going to look at Lord of Nords. If that decisive trait ends up working out, uh, I'll definitely look at it on him just to see what the, the ultimate game can be. Um, and 
you know, and you had mentioned this already, but you really can't even underestimate the two through four parts of this set because they're great. It's a great, great. two through four. You get uh, weapon and spell damage, max magicka and max stamina. It's great. Just put it on any character. Yeah, I mean, it, it's craftable, it is... crafted in any weight. Um, yeah, it's just it's just fantastic. I I have made the note that we are switching from Stoon's goons to the Heartland band. The Heartland, oh, okay. I was thinking the Heartland Conquerors, <laughs> but yours, yours is probably better. The Heartland Band, you know. The Heartland Band, yeah. We're getting into, uh, we're country western yep. uh, themed uh, ESO guild. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, I think we're both really excited about this set just because uh, such a well-designed set, um, very balanced, uh, and just so cool to get such different uses out of this set on different characters. To think this is a great heal set, you know, with that powered, getting that yeah. double powered. You can throw it on a healer and it's a great heal set. You know, and then on the, you know, have it on another character and you, you're getting spinner out of it and you got it on a damage character. It's just so cool that it's that. so different. Oh, my watch <laughs> is getting mad at me. Uh, <laughs> it's so cool that you get, you know, two different uses out of the same set and they just act completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And, and I think there's a lot of cases where this is simply going to be the best option. Like, you know, we do this all the time. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to rethink up a new build for my magic at Templar here lately. And I'm, I'm off to a good start. Um, and I do what we always do when we're trying to put together a new build, we'll pull up esosets.com and just look at a list of literally every set in this <laughs> yep. game until something catches our eye and we go, aha, that one will work. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm like putting together my Magplar build and I'm going through, I'm going through. I come across this set, Heartland Conquer, because it's on there now. They've updated it. Uh, and it's it's just like that. Aha, this will be perfect. This is exactly what my build needs. I can It can give me offense on the front bar. It can give me more healing power on the back. More healing power than any other non-proc set can give me. Uh you know, it's it's the best choice. Yeah, um, and and I really like that. It it uh, it's not replacing Torgs. Torgs still very much has a place. Yeah, um, this is more to pair with other different type of trait. If you're running an infused infused build, Torgs still great, but this is kind of allowed a more flexible style uh, of play. Now, um, this will be. You know, so a PvP or trying to speak as a PvE expert here, so forgive me, but <laughs> I'm thinking PvE tanks may want to use Heartland Conqueror and Torig's Pact um, because something that they like to do is to use um, a weakening and Crusher Glyph. Uh, so the Crusher Glyph reduces a boss's resistance, and it's a unique um, debuff, right? It stacks with with all other sources of penetration. Um, so that can be a really nice, juicy source of additional penetration for the boss, which will help your stamina DDs especially. Uh, and then that weakening glyph, a real big, juicy weakening glyph to reduce the amount of damage that the boss is doing to everyone could also be really, really helpful. So that could be, you know, Torigs has always been a pretty popular PVE tanking set for that, for that exact type of usage. Um, so like just doubling down on that kind of usage, you know, if it's not a super hard boss where the tank struggles to stay alive, that might be one of the best ways to to boost the damage of your overall group and also help their survivability. One one of the best ways, anyway. Yeah. Well, and I thought I thought you made a really good pair, you know, because I think initially a lot of people thought, all right, this set with Torugs 
uh, is going to be good for all builds. But I thought you kind of really, when we were talking, you kind of broke it down that that really may not be uh, the best pairing for, for in a PvP kind of damage sense, just because uh, you're kind of you're kind of nuking yourself from a, from maybe another damage set trying to just go all in on this. And maybe if you go all in on these, these glyphs that it's not going to equal out to a damage set. Yeah. You'd have to test it and know for sure. And it really, and it depends on what else is going on in your build too. Like what other sorts of stats you have in there, it may or may not be the best pairing. I think it could still be a very powerful pairing if your build is set up right, but it's, yeah, it's. I feel like that's was just the obvious go to. Like, oh yeah, what if you pair it with Torg's Pact? Uh, but when you think about it some more, there's actually a lot of really good possible uses for this set, not just that. And that might actually just be sort of a niche side, sort of setup uh, when it comes down to it. Sure. Um, awesome set. I'm not even really done talking about it yet. We can get into what we've been doing this week. Uh, um, <laughs> We've been playing some Elder Scrolls online. Um, Davis, why don't you kick us off, man? What have, what have you been doing in the uh, so ESO? I have come down with old Betsy syndrome. It's happened. <laughs> right, that's what I like you've, to hear. You've been trying to infect me, and it's finally taken hold. It's spreading. It's spreading. <laughs> um, my Stamplar. I've uh, Need for Mead, uh, Nord Stamplar, uh, finally have got this thing working... Uh, I've kind of made some slight tweaks, uh, and it, so the setup I have is five ancient dragon guard, uh, five dead, uh, five deadly strike, one piece trainee, one piece wild hunt, and then the back bar master bow. Yeah. Uh, so the big change I made is that I was running the the Dagon set that uh, adds to your AOE damage, so it's just a lot of damage, and it was a lot of damage, but uh, I think. I think I was kind of, you know, we've even said this in the past. I think I just kind of was pushing a little too hard. I was kind of getting outside of my playstyle, and you know, uh-huh. we always have talked in the past about playstyle is a big part uh, for a build and 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 a build working is you know you want to make sure that your playstyle, and that is a very very squishy, uh, can't be touched type of playstyle. Yeah, it was and Dagon so, and uh, and Deadly Strikes, right? Dagon and Deadly Strikes. So yeah. it was seven pieces uh, medium, set all medium, which yeah, I think is not your style run. at all. No. Uh, and so I I added this Ancient Dragon Guard. You know, it's a craftable set. And I'm kind of running a weird – this is my first hybrid armor setup. Uh, uh, it's actually three heavy, three medium, one light. Oh, cool, um, cool. But it's it's been like the perfect sauce. It's made – all the difference for me in the character. Obviously, Ancient Dragon Guard, you know, when you're above 50%, it's just giving you 300 weapon and spell damage. Below 50%, uh, it just, you know, kind of gives you a buff to your resistances, makes you a little tankier. Um, but it, it's it's a little bit more my playstyle, a little bit tankier, uh, but it's just been working so much better for me, and I'm having so much fun with this build now. It is... Uh, you're still uh, going to be speed capped i think when you're yep. sprinting with all your speed buffs up yep. so you haven't really given up all that much and it, you're you're totally right that play style is it, it really is everything you know like yeah. people ask all the time like what's the best what's the best build or what's the best class for for such and such and sometimes you'll see someone really smart reply uh, the best build is the one you feel most comfortable with, right? <laughs> yep. Like I saw, I think I saw a comment on the forums. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't remember who said it, uh, but they were talking something like, you know, stamina necromancer is the meta, 
but I'm best with my Magplar because that's my main character. And if I log on log on with my Stamp Crow, I don't get nearly the results I get with my Magplar. So yep. for me, Magplar is the meta. Yeah, and I and I think we, I mean, the perfect example is is, is me living this build. You know, we did uh, you know a bunch of battlegrounds, and before I changed it, you know, my num- I think my numbers were I was getting like three and six or like two and five or you know, you know I mean, it was just struggle after struggle it's just a whole lot of deaths even ones where i'd get a lot of kills you know it was still you know matching amount of deaths and just this slight change to make it a little bit more my playstyle. um i almost always get really good numbers with it you know i'm getting yeah. you know kind of those old betsy numbers you know eight and one you know seven and two that's the sweet know. spot yeah and <laughs> it's it really uh i would say that this this is now comp- competing with Lord of Nords as probably my two favorite characters to play with and the ones that I'm the most comfortable with right now. Awesome. And uh, this one is probably going to jump to the lead on that after this patch just because Lord of Nords will technically slightly be getting nerfed. Um, yeah. And, you know, he'll, he'll be getting a slight nerf, but... Plus you're um, addicted to that speed. Yeah, that speed, man. <laughs> it's you can't once you once you taste it, you can't not have it. Yeah, um, I know for real. It's it's. I've had a lot of fun with this character. It's it's working out really well. Heck yeah, dude! I'm I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Stamina Templar is the best spec you can play in this game. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not better. I even I've actually seen quite a few posts of uh, people complaining that Stamplar is in such a bad spot right now, and actually like comment after comment after comment of people agreeing, saying, "Yeah, what's the deal? When are we getting some buffs here?" And I'm thinking like this is the best my Stamplar has ever felt. I think feels uh, pretty good right now. But that's not to say those people are wrong. I think it's just the play style that I've chosen for my Stamplar works pretty well yeah. uh, in this in this sort of meta. Speaking of Templars, uh, not Stamplars, but Magplars, I've been spending some time with my Magicka Templar lately, and really in general, I made a, I made a note to myself to mention this. I've been enjoying playing Magicka builds in general here lately, which is kind of nice because I have not been enjoying playing Magicka builds that much these last couple of patches because they it's just, been a while. <laughs> yeah, well, they they just don't really compete with stamina builds, and I think now they finally kind of do because of these these stat changes that we've had uh magic builds have benefited greatly from like not having to invest in stamina all that much or at all in a lot of cases um and it's just a lot easier for them to to stack the stats that they really do need and, and really be effective um and healing so much stronger i think like magic builds inherently have better heals and the fact that healing in general is so much stronger right now also helps them a lot yeah um so magic at simplar this dude started out as a khajiit uh a very short and and chubby khajiit named jub jub um but i wanted this i wanted this build to kind of mimic my stamplar play style a little bit just be very speedy uh but also very much a magplar uh and if you recall recently a patch or two ago um orcs were changed and they were given spell damage to their uh, racial passives in addition to their stamina and health uh, and everything else that they have. Um, so they actually are totally viable as a, as a Magicka build now. Uh, so I changed this character uh, from a Khajiit to an Orc. He's an Orc Magplar, which is funny to me. <laughs> but he still, I think, has the spirit of that old chubby Khajiit, though. He's a, he's a, he's a short chubby Orc. I renamed him uh, Butch Mahoney. 
which I think is fitting if you if you see the guy. Uh, if you see a, the guy, this is Butch. This is Butch Mahoney. Uh, I'm pretty proud of this character's look. Got a good look. Um, he belongs on a beach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got these. I got these pants that look just like a pair of shorts. I can't remember the name, but they're funny. Um, but he's great right now. I'm, so what I'm doing with all my builds basically is I'm trying to get away from using proc sets or from relying on proc sets, and I want to make like these sort of pure stat based but very very powerful builds. Uh, and that's I'm kind of going through my characters and kind of transitioning to that that sort of build style. It might just be a phase, you know, I'm just trying this out. This is just kind of what I'm feeling right now. Procs have been so ubiquitous for so long. I just kind of want to try uh, to get away from them as much as I can. Yep. Um, and I think it's totally doable right now, as long as you have reasonable expectations of what you're going to be able to achieve. You know, the people running the three and four proc sets with Malakath they're just going to get more kills than you. Just accept it. You know? <laughs> it's just going to happen. <laughs> it's just how it is. Um, but I've been having a ton of fun with this character, and he's he's been the MVP of a lot of matches. Uh, oh, I can yeah. tell you that. It's a lot of fun playing as an orc magplar. He's so speedy. And uh, right now, the setup... Basically, Davius made this build for me. He just told <laughs> he just told me the sets to use, and I said, okay, that, actually, that sounds great. I'm going to go do that. Um uh, <laughs> uh, Right now, it is five pieces War Maiden, five pieces Innate Axiom, uh, Maelstrom Resto on the back bar. So, so War Maiden is uh, is the front bar set. Um, so Maelstrom Resto, and then one piece Molog Kenna and Ring of the Wild Hunt. Um, so pretty similar to Betsy, really. Got an arena weapon on the back bar. We got Wild Hunt, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, innate Axiom has been pretty good. It's a crafted set that buffs all of your uh, class abilities by 400 uh, weapon and spell damage. And it's working pretty good. I find the damage maybe is just a little bit lacking. War Maiden, I think, is great. Uh, War Maiden is working really, really well. The, the, the build uses only magic damage. Every offensive attack is magic damage, and War Maiden gives 600 spell damage to every single one of those attacks. So that's really, really good. What's nice about Innate Axiom is it applies to my front bar and my back bar. It helps my attacks because they're all class abilities, and like two out of four of my healing abilities are class abilities. Um, as soon as this patch drops, Innate Axiom is getting replaced with Heartland Conqueror. Um, and my front bar trait, I'm undecided. I'm undecided whether it's going to be sharpened or nerd honed or precise. It's going to be one of those three. Some some offensive trait. And the back bar is going to be powered for that big, juicy 18% uh, extra healing, which Heartland Conqueror is giving me 9% of that. And again, I can't find a single five-piece set that gives me anything close to that. There is Healer's Habit. Healer's Habit gives you minor mending at all times, plus another, I think, 4 or 5% healing done on top of that. Minor mending is 8%. But Templars basically have minor mending at all times. They have a yeah. passive that just gives it to them all the time. Yeah. Um, so I already have that. So I don't think there's anything else that just straight gives me that much healing power that isn't a proc set. Let me, let me throw this out here. <laughs> For some reason, when you talk about this build, things just come to my mind. Uh -huh. What if you swapped out your one piece Kenna? Uh, for a for that's where you get your five pieces of War Maiden, and then you threw a Master Lightning Staff on the front bar. 
then you okay. get that you get that extra so then you're talking an additional 600 spell damage so you got 600 from that 600 from war maiden and then uh your stuff going on with heartland that would work really well i'm i think my hang up would be finding the bar space for That's um, true that uh destructive touch ability that yep. i'd have to use for that, that that weapon that would be that would be the toughie um i could probably do it i could probably like get rid of entropy and just use spell damage potions and use that ability in place of entropy you know you never know. you get that get that get that weapon that spell damage up that would pump that spell damage up quite a bit that's a thought <laughs> a thought. But then but then I'm like thinking about well now War Maiden, I have a useless five piece bonus on my back bar and that would just bother me. <laughs> yeah, cause it well, it no, because it's just spelled in it's is it I don't remember the wording of War of War Maiden, but it's it adds six hundred weapon damage to your magic damage abilities. Yeah. Abilities that deal magic damage. That is it. That is it. But maybe you know, if if you're getting more damage overall, maybe you could Maybe you yeah. could live with it. Maybe it I would eat away at it. you anytime you're on your back bar. <laughs> I'll, I'll think about that. I'll see. Yeah, this. I'm telling you, like this build, Davis is just making this build for me. <laughs> I just, you just say Butch, and I just started thinking, what would Butch? What does Butch need? You just, I could tell, you just like this character. Of I life. just like this guy. You really I, do. I like Butch. <laughs> He's a good guy. Butch me and Butch right. go way back. We go way back. <laughs> We did a few batches with uh, with Butch and your uh, Stam DK Lord of Nords. That seemed to be yep. okay. That's what yeah. says about Butch is he's a he's a pretty good support when he needs to be, and he also has really good offense. Like he's he's becoming my favorite like solo queue character because he just he can just kind of be prepared for anything. Yeah, I would say he's an above average support. I mean, he you know we ran a lot with my uh, with my Stampolar and my Stam DK. Yeah. And it's pretty common for Butch to drop, you know, one million, one million damage, one million heals, or, or he gets darn that double million nice yeah. and now and then. Is like if we get a good death match where like everyone in that match is like really playing fairly well, he'll he'll hit that double million. Yeah, he'll much hit guaranteed. the double million for sure. Yeah, uh, which is great because he's hitting hard, but those heals are just happening all the time, and so he's really he's he's an above average healer. I mean, he does he does strong heals. Which is surprising for how hard he does hit. Yeah, and I think his heals. Once I once I get this um, uh, Heartland Conqueror set on there, I mean, I don't do a lot of tooltip talk on here, but let's just you got to throw just, the number out there. We're talking about uh, Honor of the Dead, the other morph of Breath of Life. It's the one that I use. It's got a fifteen thousand tooltip. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Radiating regen twenty six thousand. He's he's hitting in with some heals. It's plenty of heals. Some very uh, strong heals. That's now that's on the build editor with Heartland Conqueror on here. Um, but build editor usually is pretty close uh, in that regard. Sure. Um, and you so so you had mentioned my Stam DK. That's who I've been kind of running with him. Um, and my Stampler, but my Stam DK here recently. I feel like I've always got to bring up Lord of Nords. You know, Nords are my favorite. This is the character that. This is your guy. This is my guy. He's yeah. got to. He's Lord of Nords. I mean, he's got to be my go-to guy. He's the Lord of Nords. Nords are your thing. <laughs> Who else uh, could it be? The devs know the name. They have thrown him into highest MMR possible. <laughs> they just uh, had some sort of like bot always yeah. looking for that exact name, yeah. and then as soon as it pops up, we got him, boys. Yep. We got him. He's put him in the, the sweatiest matches you can find. Yep. 
we always joke about this. Anytime we we group up with this character and go into a match, it is it's the it's the sweaty matches for sure. He gets thrown. It seriously, it's something about that character. It's always going to be just <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to struggle. Um, so I've kind of been tinkering with some changes with him. Uh, he's still pretty much the same. He's five piece champion of the hist, three piece potentates, uh, two piece blood spawn, uh, one piece trainee, one piece malakath, and then I have the two hand vatistran on the back bar. So nice. the slight change there is that I have thrown blood spawn back on him. Um, okay, what well, did you switch to Baylorg there for a while? I had Baylorg right? for a while, and okay. I'm I'm still very back and forth on them, um, because Baylorg, it's you know, there's it's a little bit more damage, a little bit more penetration, um, and that's nice because he's always leaping. But I did go back to Bloodspawn just because it does make a massive. He's you know he's got two front and back bar decisive weapons, so he that Bloodspawn and all the other stuff happening, it does equate to a lot more leaps. Um, yeah. And I think that's and that's going to help your sustain quite a bit exactly. too. Because don't you complain about sustain with that guy yes. quite a bit? I think his his fully buffed stamina recovery is like eleven hundred. <laughs> it's pretty low. He he runs pretty low sustain, and so that blood spawn with the more leaps, it was it made a big difference on the sustain. And so I think I'll probably stick with blood spawn. I mean, he still feels great. He's a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, I want this guy to be my guy. Stam decays right now. He, of all my characters, benefits the most if we're running support in a group. Stamdks are tough right now. It's tough yeah. to play a Stamdk and a Magdk, I would say, too. Yeah, and and if they're supporting the group, it is great. And there's even, and that makes a huge difference. The only other issue that I run into him, and this is kind of the other one I think that with DKs, is that if we're in a battleground and it's very heavy ranged uh, yeah. in the battleground, it's gonna mess you, you just, up. You just get stuck in this middle ground with this with your with your DKs where you want to dive in there, but if you dive in there, everybody's just going to go all in on you. But when you're hanging back, you're just a target dummy, just absorbing all these blows. If there's uh, so, more than two enemy sorks, just forget it. You're not going to be effective that match. It's so when I mean, unless you lot, have a pocket healer. Yep. When there's a lot of range right now in BGs, it's a little tough. But I'm still having a lot of fun with this guy. He's going to probably, you know, he's going to feel that Malakath nerf. But uh, I've looked at it. I even traded out some a couple different sets and, and looked at the numbers on the build editor. Uh, he's keeping Malakath. He's he's pretty much keeping this set. The only possible change, and, you know, I mentioned it earlier, is that if that decisive does work with the Heartland Conqueror, uh, I'll yeah. probably swap out Champion of the Hist for Heartland Conqueror because, you know, we kind of ran some numbers and Heartland Conqueror with the decisive trait, it would bump that decisive trait up to 100%, which would be slightly more ulti gain than minor heroism. And so uh, it would make a little bit more sense for that than the Champion of the Hist. I'd be getting a little bit more ultimate and then I'd be getting some back bar um, benefits as well. So. And if you really wanted to, because since... You know, you have so much more uh, Max Magica than than we did a couple of patches ago. Uh, you could drop, you could get rid of the Tri-Stat potions and use those Heroism potions instead. They give, I'm pretty sure they give you Health, Stamina, and Minor Heroism. Ooh, I need to look into that. That would be, yeah, because you stack, you get that Decisive up to 100%, you get Minor Heroism. Uh, things really start getting crazy yeah. at that level. Hopefully uh, that does apply to decisive. I feel like it should. It doesn't seem too strong. 
You know, I told you this. I told you this yesterday. I am strangely confident that it's gonna it's gonna apply to decisive. It's gonna work. Uh, decisive. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Davis Starjumper. There's no way. There's they're no not way gonna they're not gonna do it. this. The <laughs> dev that's always listening. You know, always throw me a bone every now and then. That dev likes me. The one that runs the arenas, that one hates me. You know, it's a, it's a love-hate relationship here. He's a great character. I like I love how you had this um sort of outfit style for him and you had these like really loud colors picked out for him and then you um you just redid his coloring and it's like just a little bit like muted version of those same Colors. Yeah. It's like a little, like classier version yeah. of Lord of Nords. He's classed it up, up a little, little bit. bit. You know, he's he, you know he's Lord of Nords. You know, he's a he's part of the you know. The it's still the same color scheme. Like yeah. I like it. I I do love his look. You know, you I think you always say it best. He looks like a, a WWE wrestler. Yes. Dressed in a full massive chunk of armor. Uh, yeah. And he kind of acts like that in Battlegrounds, so it, it works out well. He's, yeah, he's very brash <laughs> and uh, just leaping into every scuffle. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, he's 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 going he's he's doing really well right now. Um, I I also told you that, uh, and it seems crazy, uh, but I ha- didn't have fossilize on the build, and I just added fossilize, yeah. and boy, what a, it's fool a good ability, I right? Feel like now, <laughs> it's <laughs> a great ability. It's fantastic. I you mean, know, I could actually kind of understand before w- with such a limited magicka pool, and fossilize yeah. is pretty expensive. Yeah. Now it's so much more magicka; it's yeah. hard to justify not using. Yeah, it. I've got I've got the magic for it now, and uh, and the and the fossilize skill tree. I can't remember the name of the exact tree. Earthen heart. Uh, one of the best passives. Uh, on the DK, you're giving yourself, not only yourself, but your entire team, uh, the minor uh, damage buff. Uh, yeah, minor brutality, or I think is what it's called. Yeah. And I think that's either the only source or one of the very few sources of it. Um, let's see. Iso minor brutality. You can also apply it with a poison, I guess. But yeah, Mountain's so. Blessing passive is is basically the only source of that. Yeah. And I mean, it, and it's... That's a great damage buff for for using a great ability. So yeah, um, yeah, it's it's worked out really well. He he feels really good. He'll get a little bit nerfed in this upcoming set, but I think he'll be fine. I don't think it's gonna be such a massive nerf. Uh, I'll probably still keep him the same. Like I said, the only thing would be that possible Heartland change. Heartland on everything. Uh, <laughs> Heartland banned. The Heartland conquerors. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the only other character I haven't really well, I've played with her some. My my magic and necromancer despair. I've been playing with her a little bit, but she is a full on proc support build. She yep. uses a bunch yep. of proc sets, and she's going to have to be totally reinvented. This is um, the character I feel like that you you have focused the most rebuilding efforts for. Like you knew you had to rebuild it, and so this is the one you've been really strategizing with. Well, this is by far my best support, you know, like by a mile, <laughs> and she's getting nerfed significantly. So yeah. we got to figure something out here, uh, and I think we're off to a decent start. Um, so, like I was saying with my Magplar, I'm trying to get everything shifted away from procs. I just want really good stats, really powerful uh, abilities, and I want to rely on on my character's abilities and those kinds of things to be successful. Uh, rather than procs. And this seems like a good time to be shifting gears in that direction. The devs, I think they're going to sort all this scaling stuff out, and I think it's going to be a good time to to have these kinds of builds running around. Yeah. 
Her old setup, or the current setup on live that she's using, is five pieces Ice Furnace, five pieces Savara's Scales, which is just active on the front bar, uh, Maelstrom Resto on the back bar. That's going to end up on every Magicka character before long, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and then the Celestrix monster set, two pieces. So a bunch of AoE procs um, that are all getting nerfed significantly, and she doesn't have nearly the stats to make those be actually powerful uh, procs. Um, so getting rid of all those, I'm going to switch to a stat build. Um, again, just like the Magplar, ESOsets.com, looking at every single set in the game, which <laughs> one would be the best. And, you know, none of them are really jumping out at me until our old friend Heartland Conqueror. Oh, Heartland Conqueror. I think it literally is just simply the best choice. And you know me, Davis, you and I are both the same. We don't like using the set, the same no. set on multiple characters. We like to have variety and stuff. Yeah. But it's like the more I think about it, I literally can't think of a better set to use for this character. So the whole focus of this character to begin with is I wanted her to be a debuff machine where she's just making all of our enemies weaker uh also a, a cc bot she's making it difficult for all of our enemies to move around and i also want her to have very very strong heals that's kind of her central focus um and this last patch she's done all that while also providing a ton of aoe damage as well with those proc sets um but with that with the proc set stuff going away i think i'm i'm going to try to refocus back on that that core of lots of crowd control lots of debuffs very powerful heals and I will have offense, but I think the offense is mostly going to be for the purpose of not getting focused when people realize I'm the healer. Yeah. So she has always used, since her, since this character has existed, she has always used uh, a charged frost staff with wall of frost on the front bar uh, and a powered resto staff uh, on the back bar. So her whole thing has always been to spam wall of frost and the remote totem on top of everyone to, um, to CC them as much as possible. Um, and with that charged trait, it's a 220% increased chance to apply status effects. Um, so like when I put Wall of Frost on someone, uh, it has a, a much higher chance to apply the chilled status effect, which uh, with Wall of Frost will also immobilize them. And with my, um, with my Destro Staff passives, it also gives them uh, that new Minor Brittle debuff. And Minor Maim, to begin with, reduces their damage done. So already, just by chilling them, they're getting their, <laughs> their damage their damage reduced, they're getting immobilized, and they're taking more damage. Uh, and that's just from my Wall of Frost. I also have Flame Damage and Shock Damage in this build. With Heartland Conqueror, it takes that charged 220% increased chance and makes it a 440% increased chance to apply these status effects it's got to be like and a guaranteed chance right 440 <laughs> percent i think like the highest the highest chance the thing in the game that has the highest possible chance of applying status effects are glyphs and i think they have a 20 percent chance so i think that would take that up to an 88 percent chance jeez uh and i use a frost glyph on that on that weapon as well um but you know, you start looking for sets. I start looking around for sets like what would be a really good debuff set if I want to be like a debuff kind of uh, kind of build. You know, there are some out there, but they give you like a debuff that you can apply. Uh, and you ha it's usually like difficult to proc or some like unreliable way to proc. Whereas this, it just takes the debuffs that are already in my build and makes it like way, way more likely 
that I'm actually applying them to people. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I like the fact that that Heartland Conqueror is a debuff set now. Apparently, it turns out <laughs> on this character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you know, in the back bar, obviously, just uh, again the powered trait for that eighteen percent healing done. And I won't go over tooltips again, but I, I can tell you some some really good looking healing tooltips there. Well, I can say the Spirit Mender. Spirit Mender has like a like an eleven k tooltip. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, That's crazy. automatic eleven k every two seconds. Whoever on the team needs it, boom, eleven k, eleven k, eleven k. So I think this is going to be a really good uh, build. Heartland Conqueror will be kind of the core of it. Uh, yep. Davis, you made another suggestion for her offensive set, uh, maybe being uh, uh, Elemental Succession. And I hate the fact that that probably is the best choice because yeah. it comes from the Maelstrom Arena. The place uh, that shall not be named. And it, that wouldn't be that big of a deal if I didn't have to get the Frost Staff in order for this build <laughs> to to get all the pieces together like i must get that frost staff or or i can't do the build you should have never said aloud that you wanted a specific staff from that place now don't ever know. say it aloud <laughs> they're always listening <laughs> they're always listening <laughs> the person that runs that arena is like a dev that's worked there since the beginning of the game everybody's forgotten about his arena and so he just makes it miserable those runs <laughs> he's just controlling that rng yeah Everyone knows it's true. <laughs> Everybody knows that's what's happening. We've all known for years. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I that's what I would like to do is elemental succession on the front bar with the Maelstrom Resto Staff on the back bar. I already have the Resto Staff, of course. But elemental succession, if you don't remember, it gives like what, like 452 spell damage to basically all of your elemental attacks, yeah. to shock damage, fire damage, and frost damage. And I have all three of those. Like, all of my damage is, the, is those types of damage. Um, so it'll it'll be buffing all, all of my damage types, um, and all of those will be applying status effects as well with an increased likelihood, thanks to my Heartland Conqueror charged uh, staff. So I think that's what is going to be the core of the build. Heartland, Elemental Successor, <laughs> Elemental Succession, uh, Maelstrom Resto Staff, and then, you know, I could either do a monster set or a mythic. Uh, that new Sithis helmet looks pretty good on there. Looking pretty, <laughs> would look pretty sweet on this yeah. character for sure. Um, but also Malakath, even the new nerfed Malakath uh, would Always be nice because even with this offensive set, she'll have just kind of kind of okay ish damage, but Malakath would actually make it like pretty, pretty decent damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be a tough choice. I'll probably end up trying them both. I I have a feeling I'll end up sticking with that Sithis helmet though, because I think that's gonna just feel really, really good. Yeah. Like I just can't die, just like everyone else. No one's gonna die because we'll all be wearing it. <laughs> We're all gonna be wearing that helmet. I think this is gonna be a great character. I mean, I think like you just said, I think your damage might go down a little bit, but it seems like your heals are gonna go up a whole lot. And this is all my heals are gonna just, go up a lot. It's always just a great support character. It's these macros, there's so much not in the numbers when you you know you get to the end of the battleground and and despair has great numbers in battlegrounds, but there's so much greatness that doesn't show up in the numbers at the end of a match. I mean, all those debuffs just make it so much. You know, we always joke anytime we get that real small uh, battleground arena. Anytime we get that, it's like oh, kind of wish despair was here. Wish despair was here because she just owns that map absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, this has been one of my favorite characters for a long time. Really, really effective support. I'm actually really looking forward to dropping the proc sets and just focusing in on what makes this character good, having really good stats, and just relying on these great abilities that she has. We'll see how this goes. I, I want to try a new segment. You know, a while back, we recorded on the weekends, and what's nice about the weekends is the gold vendor is active, uh, and... I liked talking about the gold vendor, or we like talking about the gold vendor, because it's, it. it's just this automatic, like, weekly way of talking about a, a random collection of armor sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now our schedules, or I should say my schedule, is such that recording on the weekends is not feasible. So we, we record in the middle of the week, and the gold vendor isn't there. But yeah, we missed it. We missed talking about, like, this, <laughs> this random collection of sets, but we don't want to pick them out ourselves. We want... We want it to be generated for us. So I kind of got to thinking, you know, even though we record on the weekend, I think the vast majority of people aren't listening until Monday. It's already too late. Mm -hmm. Um, So what difference does it make? (laughs) You know, uh, I think as long as we come up with a catchy name for the segment, we can justify talking about the gold vendor. So what we're going to call this is what you missed on the gold vendor. (laughs) Because you know you didn't visit. You forgot. You forgot. It's too late now. It's too late. But we're going to talk about it. And we're going to make you we're full gonna talk of about regrets. It. I didn't forget, though. <laughs> we're going to make forget. you full of regrets. Uh, so, uh, first of all, um, Doma House shoulders are available. You can get heavy, light, or medium, whatever you want. Uh, Doma House, I think, is a really great thing to just have in your inventory, uh, especially now with mythic items being so popular. Mm. You often find yourself just needing one piece to put on your build to just give you some good stats. Doma House gives you both a line of max stamina and magicka. Yeah, and um, those are so really some of the best one-piece monster sets to have, just full yeah, max stats. Totally. So I would say that is it's absolutely worth picking up. Maybe even a couple of pieces of that. At the very least, I'd pick up like a heavy, maybe a heavy piece, mm-hmm. uh, and just keep it in your inventory. And you'll if you if you're like us and you put builds together all the time, you'll probably end up plugging that in on on a build somewhere. Um, there's also storm fist shoulders, iron blood ring, uh, leeching plate ring. Uh, here you go, Davius shock exoskeleton. Oh yeah. This, you know, I have this marked. This is probably my favorite set in the game that I never actually use. But it's about to change. <laughs> it's about to change. I am leveling up my Mag DK. Okay. Um, you know, he, I think he's probably going to end up with the set. The set makes a lot of sense on a Mag DK. This is essentially just the Magicka version of um, Champion of the Hist. You know, it gives you minor uh-huh. heroism, but it's, it's a Magicka based version of it. Uh, but they also buffed it a while back where it also adds in just a nice little extra line of, of spell damage on the five piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's just, I think it's a really great set. I think, you know, anytime to get that minor heroism, uh, especially on a DK, uh, I think it's going to work out well. I, I would, I would recommend if you could go back in time, get you some of these rings. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you happen to find a time machine, that's what you do. That. First thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I had a Swamp Raider highlighted. Uh, there were some Swamp Raider rings as well. Um, and I picked up a couple of these, not with the intention of selling them. I think I'm actually going to end up using them because my um, my Stamina Necromancer Bow Crow full-on proc build, he's going to have to get reinvented as well. And I'm I'm thinking Swamp Raider might be the, the answer. 
Uh, he does all disease and poison poison damage, and that's exactly Swamp Raider gives six hundred weapon damage to disease and poison damage abilities. Yep, that's um, perfect. And so LB's kind of going going in alignment with me, trying to move away from proc sets and more into uh, stat focused things. Although I think these kinds of sets, like Swamp Raider, technically are considered proc sets or whatever, as far as how they behave on the server, but. That's not what we mean when we say proc sets, right? Yeah, we're just looking for those those that number boost. So I don't know what else I would use for him, but I, I think Swamp Raider is going to be on there, and I'll figure probably Heartland Conqueror. Uh, <laughs> honestly, that would actually probably be really good. <laughs> <laughs> the Heartland Band. <laughs> yeah, they're up again. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't. I gotta two is enough, surely, right? I can't go more than that. Uh, but Swamp Raider, I think Swamp Raider is going to be a good one. If you were, if you've listened to me talk about my Bow Crow before, and you've made a similar build, and you're worried about that character now, um, Swamp Raider, I would, I would keep your eye on that one. Go back in time, pick up those gold rings, and that is what you missed on the gold vendor. Um, emails and shout outs. Really, the only shout out uh, again is Grizzly Khan for giving us that correction on Death, Death Dealer's Fet. Um, nice. I will, I will never make, he was upset, man. He was Ooh. throwing a tantrum. He on the was, Discord. yeah, he was furious. <laughs> Threatened to leave the guild. Uh, <laughs> calm down, Grizzly. Yeah. I don't speak French. Okay. <laughs> no, none of that's true. Grizzly's super chill, dude. <laughs> of the sword. But I think he was kind of feigning, you know, like, I think his eyes were like rolling in the back of his head when we were talking about it. Talking about feet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The feet of this death dealer, you know, they're probably really sore. Um, So shout out to Grizzly Khan. Keep those corrections coming. Uh, If you'd like to send us correction, you can email us at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. That's scrolling with an I N scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, correct us on anything you like, give us a suggestion on something you'd like to hear us talk about, or if you have a, a question about something, we'll, we'll try to answer that here on the show. Uh, if you just want to say hi or whatever, it's all good. Send us an email at scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we also have our guild. It's called Stoons Goons. We, we have the guild, but it's really about the, the discord. So I don't, I just don't want people dropping out of guilds that are actually like good guilds and have events and do things, you know, like if you just wanted the discord, you can just email us, scroll podcast at uh, gmail.com, jump in the discord. Uh, but if you do want to be in the students goons, we're pretty cool and it's fun. And you can just kind of say, I'm a goon and it's, it's neat. There you go. You know? We have a guild hall. We got the, don't worry. We got all the students crafting stations. You can use those as yep. much as you like. Craft all the students pieces you they're, need. I'd even say they're worn out from use. Uh-huh. Of I use them all the time. Students. <laughs> so much students. Yeah, I forgot. You know, I've kind of forgotten about the guild hall. I haven't finished my work. I think you've tried to distract me from... From the, the the decorating orders, you, you you needed a break from it. I don't know. It's news to me. You're not finished. It looks finished in there. It's it's pretty <laughs> still still far far away from finished. It's pretty impressive a lot in there. A lot of ways to go. A lot of ways. Well, to go. okay. The actual inside because it's the Grand Sigic Villa, right? So a, a huge portion of it is outside, and I don't think it's you've even old, touched the inside, have you? There, you know, there's stuff in you there. You need to get there's in that house there. and start <laughs> decorating. Start what do I pay around. you for? <laughs> I don't pay you. I don't care. <laughs> um, I think we're going to try a new thing as well. Um, so I guess this is sort of an announcement. Um, if you're in the Discord, so I'm, I'm sitting here talking about it's it's all about the Discord here. Um, 
one sort of uh, perk that uh, you can get in on uh, if you're in the Discord. And this is a brand new thing that we're trying. It's actually active right now, but this is the first time I've uh, I've had an opportunity to tell people about it. Um, in the Discord, we have some public uh, chat channels like voice channels, and then the voice channel that we use to record this podcast uh, has been private until now. Uh, I've changed the permissions so that anyone who's on the Discord server can jump in to the podcast and listen while we're recording. You won't be able to say anything. Your voice will be disabled, but you can hear us talk. You can participate in the conversation via chat and we can like respond to things that you're saying in chat as we record. I think it could add a, a lot to the show. I think it could be a lot of fun. So um, I'll uh, what I'll do is just in the discord i'll i'll let people know like when the recording time is going to be because it it kind of changes based on me and davius's schedule it changes from time to time it's usually like tuesdays wednesdays in that region there um so as it gets closer to recording time like a day or two before i'll let people know in the discord hey we're going to be recording at this time if you want to jump in and and uh tag along uh you're you're certainly welcome to if you have any questions about that email us at scrollandpodcast at gmail.com uh, we'll be happy to answer any of that stuff. Davis, what else you got? I think that's everything. Okay. That's all of it. 50 episodes. This is oh, uh, this wow. is our 50th episode. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not your 50th episode. But <laughs> <laughs> I was doing it by myself for a while there. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'm I'm probably late 30s. Maybe in that region you there. Know, I'm still in my prime over here. You know, you're, you know. Yeah, you got a lot to learn up there in the about f- podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> podcasting when you were still in diapers. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, fifty episodes. It's it's really cool that we've had enough listeners and enough responses and enough uh, interest to to keep us interested in going this long. Yeah, um, it, I feel very true to that. I feel like it's just really really cool and very fortunate. You know, this isn't something we monetize. It's strictly just for fun. We enjoy this game so much that we just can't stop talking about it. And one day long ago, we decided, why not push a record button and talk about it in a more structured sort of way? And it's been a lot of fun. We've made a lot of good friends. And, you know, I I can't imagine not doing this. I know, like, sometimes we take these breaks and stuff, depending on what's going on in our lives. But I'm pretty sure I'm always going to be coming back to, to scroll in here. Yeah, and just just all the appreciation thrown to the people that that uh, that listen and, and put up with us on a, you know on on, a, on an episode basis. Thank you for putting up with us. I know it's hard. <laughs> it's tough. Um, no, no. Seriously, thanks. And please come back for episode fifty-one. We'll see you next week. <laughs>